back to a Cinema Wheeler Tay. It's uh, Sean, Tony, and Scott once again, and uh, we have a very special guest today. It's uh, one of our favorite people in Columbus, uh, and he's the head of the uh, improv meetups that happen in Columbus once a week. It's Jeremy Peltzer. Hey. Hi, it's great to be here, guys. <laughs> it's great to have you. It's great Thank to you. have you, Jeremy. That's a very formal introduction. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 no, it's It's seriously great to be here. <laughs> I felt you wanted a, a classy, you know, intro. I met Jeremy, he's like, yeah. <laughs> never mind. No. But uh, Jeremy's here to, to talk about, uh, I, I think, a movie that I personally love. It's probably one of my favorite comedies of all time, certainly, uh, Airplane, mm. uh, from 1980. And uh, I think this movie is part of my comedy DNA, in a way. Like There are other movies like Animal House, a few Mel Brooks movies, and if we go into television, The Simpsons and stuff like that. But Airplane and that... Uh, that style of comedy, the, the spoof style, where it's a really mm -hmm. straight spoofing of a particular genre mm -hmm. that happened in the 80s. Uh, and it was really by these three individuals that directed and wrote Airplane, David and Jerry Zucker and Jim Abrahams. They're called Zazz for yeah. short. That's mm -hmm. to shorten it. They produced this and The Naked Gun and mm -hmm. kind of a lesser-known film called Top Secret, and they were all genre mm -hmm. spoofs. And... Uh, but I think that they kind of perfected this with the first film, which is Airplane. Like, mm -hmm. I think that that particular style was perfected. And, uh, you know, really funny movie. And uh, I was wondering, Jeremy, like, what was the first time that you kind of came across it? Because I know this is a personal favorite of yours. Yeah. I, I, I love this movie. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've loved it for a long time. <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember the first time I saw it. It was definitely, uh, you know, when I was probably a very early teenager, you know, on TV when they censor out all the swear words and topless scenes. And blow-up dolls. Uh, the blow-up doll was there, but it was tastefully done. <laughs> they, they were in love, and they actually... Not no, no, it was very, uh, it was very tastefully done. But um, I, I think this is... Um, I think you're absolutely right, Sean. Um, I think that what's great about this movie is... I mean, even now you have that uh, new Fifty Shades of Grey parody coming out with Marlon Wayans. Oh, yeah. You know, they're having that. And you have these every few years. You know, you have, like, the scary movie. And so many times you have with these parody movies, these spoofs, they're really dated. So if you see them even, like, five, ten years later, mm -hmm. you're, you can tell, oh, this is definitely from, like, 2001 or what have you. Mm -hmm. But with Airplane, I mean, it holds up just as well now as it did back then. Yeah, there's a couple of disco references. But um, by and large, most of the jokes, you can make this exact movie today and it'd be just as fresh as it was in 1980. I completely agree. Well, the, you know, the disco references are actually ref, uh, references to Saturday Night Fever. So that... It's a movie that people still watch today. It's and still, still spooky. Yeah, so yeah. I yeah. think they, it gets away with... Uh, I think some of the references that you don't know is when there's a scene where a guy orders coffee. He just says, he never orders coffee at home. So that's mm. obviously <laughs> yeah. touching on something, but I'm not quite sure what it's... There might have been a commercial that, at the time that was about a coffee commercial. Uh, I'm that's guessing. That's true. But most of the lines that people remember, like, you know, don't call me Shirley, yeah. and we have clearance... Like, all, all the big <laughs> lines. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, those are the ones that hold up. And yeah, there, there are some uh, anachronisms in there. Yeah. And that's fine. But by and large, the, the plot and most of the big lines in there, they're not, they're not dated the way that a lot of these um, 
other spoof movies have uh, been following it. And I think that's partly to do with the fact that this is a spoof movie, but at the same time, it's its own movie. Whereas mm. Scary Movie, for example, which is a, another spoof comedy, it actually kind of recreates scenes from other movies and just does it in a funny way, um, changing the character names slightly and maybe even some of the dialogue. But the great thing about Airplane is it's its own movie. Well, so, don't you think? Except it's not. It was based on a 1957 movie called Zero Hour. Really? That's, okay, I didn't yes, know that. Yes, it was. Okay. Yeah. And it's almost a shot-for-shot shot remake of this wow. B-movie from the so 50s. Wrong. <laughs> no, but but they took a movie. I mean, there is a big difference. Is that what your the movies now like Scary Movie? They based it on a movie that everyone had seen. Yeah. Not too many people had seen Zero Hour even <laughs> in 1980. You know, so yeah. it was kind of like an inside joke. So there is a huge difference there, and they use it as kind of a crutch, like. If you saw um, Scream, you know, you'll see Scary Movie, and we yeah. can get a lot of, away with a lot more as a crutch. But not many people have seen Zero Hour, so it had to prove itself still. So I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. And even though it was a direct parody of Zero Hour, which I think they reference as a classically structured film. And I'm not saying it's a great movie, but they said that the structure was a great way to, to throw in this. all these gags. I watched it. It's a pretty solid B movie. It? Yeah. It's not a bad movie. I want to see it now. It's, it's, no it's Canadian. Oh, but the movie, oh yeah, <laughs> the movie though was clearly winking at uh, the disaster movies of the 1970s, and mm. specifically Airport, which was a huge hit in the 70s. It's it's based off of Zero Hour, but it's also winking at the Airport movies, which the disaster films in the 1970s, like The Towering Inferno, they would always have like major stars mixed in with like celebrities from other areas, like you would throw in Jim Brown or something like that as one of the supporting cast members, and you know they would always be an eclectic group. There was like the Poseidon Avenger with mm -hmm. Gene Hackman's another one like oh, that, or yeah. the Sinking Ship. Yeah. But Air Airport was one of those movies, and Airplane, the brilliance of it is that they took those movies that were really self-serious, like they really took what they were doing seriously, yes. and just found like all the holes <laughs> in that and, 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 and turned it into a comedy, which mm -hmm. was brilliant. And it's very humanistic, too, which is one of the qualities about it that really captivated me that I like about it is you have all these different humans and people on this plane, and you're kind of getting to know each of them in different ways, like, you know, the jive guys and the elderly lady who speaks jive, and one of my personal favorites, the little girl with the coffee, and it's just funny. It's a very eclectic mix of all kinds of people and situations, and um, I think that kind of keeps keeps you interested because you're like, okay, what's going to mm. happen next? What quirky character are we going to come up with next? Um, and so I really like that element of it too. It's very pers it's a very personal type of comedy instead of situation. I mean, it is situational on an airplane, but at the same time, there's a lot of humanistic qualities to it that I really like. It's very relationship driven. Mm. I think a lot of it is that airplane, and I think it's at that point we're making, it's it's very, um, the writing is very sharp in this yes. movie. Some really smart guys that really understand comedy on a, on a very high level wrote this movie. And everything is very sharp and pinpointed. And it's tight. It's a tight movie. It's only like 90 minutes, but it, it mm. really is. Mm -hmm. Edited down to a T so there's not an ounce of fat on it. So you have those two things, and it's inspired. Yeah. Like, a lot of the things that we see as formulaic now on spoofs, like the one that's coming out soon that was directed by Marlon Wayans, it's formulaic because they all took cues from Airplane on how to do this. Like, oh, 
we'll take all these random actors from pop culture and we'll start throwing them in random scenes for a throwaway joke. Well, it was inspired in Airplane, not necessarily in some of these lesser spoofs. Well, I think uh, the big thing that Airplane has is uh, that I enjoy is the deadpan style yes. of it. No one in the movie acts like they're in a comedy. Mm. I mean, they just stay in lines and it's just... Except for the uh, flamboyant except, guy. Except, except, except for Stephen Stucker yeah. who basically just has a playground of funny that he can play <laughs> off of. But, uh, yeah, outside, like, scary movie, there's a lot of winking I, re- I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's played over the top. Yeah. 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 But they understate everything, which I really love. Everything is so controlled. They don't... Mm. There's There's... Just people say the name, the line sh- completely straight, mm-hmm. which it's, it's is a lot very of sharp. Yeah, I mean, you blink and you can miss a really great joke. Yeah, oh yeah, and, and like they, they're all acting in this movie. Like Peter Graves, Leslie Nielsen, Robert Stack, and Lloyd Bridges are all acting in this movie. They're playing mm-hmm. a character. They're not winking to you. And even if there is some winking, it's not winking in the way where they're breaking the fourth wall and, and mugging. It's it's played within the confines of a character. Like when Lloyd Bridges mm-hmm. starts sniffing glue and he starts going out there, that makes sense with the yeah. trajectory of his character. It's not just a throwaway. <laughs> well, I, I think people our generation think of Leslie Nielsen as a comic actor. Yeah. And this was actually his first comedy role. Yeah. Yeah. Before that, he was a very serious actor. Yeah. And so, and then Robert Stack, of course, is known for his, you know, comedic. Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, yeah. One of the so, greatest comedies on television. Yeah, yeah, Laugh Right. You should check it out. It's on Comedy Central all the time. Uh, I'm but, missing people. Yeah. And, and more importantly, I, think, I totally agree with what you're saying. You know, like you were saying, um, The Simpsons earlier, I think it had a big effect mm-hmm. on, I feel that, um, you know, I say our generation usually, loosely, but it's like uh, today's. Uh, humor is directly tapped in and based in on, I would say, The Simpsons and Airplane. Yeah. The idea of um, parody and kind of a little, uh, like, kind of um, off the wall uh, surrealism. But, like, you know, you know, why do you have uh, someone popping up the hood to the airplane to check and wash the windows? You know, you wouldn't have that kind of joke in the 60s and 70s. It just wouldn't happen. And falling off. And falling, yeah, and falling off, and then the slapstick, and then, and then, uh, not to mention the, and you know, Tony, what you were saying that there, if you don't like the joke, just wait twenty seconds and you get another joke. You know, yeah. it's not like this carefully, really crafted, uh, high intellectual building up of this movie. It's just you know, just boom, boom, boom. If you don't like it, wait. And they they play the joke as if they don't waste time dwelling on the joke, and they they. Throw the joke out there, then they move immediately to the next joke. And that's what I think works, as opposed to just letting it draw out so they're expecting a laugh to generate. They actually display it no matter what the joke is. If it's a high-level joke, it's just a throwaway joke. They'll do it, and then immediately they're moving to the next joke. And I think that's the best way to attack that kind of spoof. Right, a tat There are so many times when watching this movie, uh, because of it's so, it's so fast-paced, I was just... A joke would happen, and then it would take me a second, and I'd be like, "Oh my goodness!" And then I would start laughing, and then there would come the next joke, you know. And and I think that's that's a really beautiful thing in a movie when you have to take a minute, you know, to really you, you can kind of appreciate how funny it was, and you're like, "Oh my god, I get that," or "That was hilarious," you know. Um, I I just really liked that about it. I just found it was one of those movies watching. I was just kind of constantly laughing and being amazed in great ways, you know, at some of the things the characters would do or say or. Just the situational things that would pop up next. It was just kind of it was so silly, 
but at the same time, it's very smart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's one of the sharpest comedies I think I've ever seen. And oddly enough, when I first saw it as a kid... I didn't get Airplane at first. I was like three or four years old, mm. admittedly, at the oh, time. Oh, so you saw it very young. Yeah. yeah, it was on HBO. My parents were saying, you, they were laughing hysterically as they were watching it, and I did not get why they were laughing. And they're like, oh, you should, you don't get this? Like, well, no, I don't have these reference points that you guys have <laughs> watching this. The same thing happened to me with Young Frankenstein. They showed it to me, and I thought it was a horror film because it, it was so yeah. authentic wow. with the way they, they produced that at that age. Because my parents loved comedy, and... My dad was the kind of guy, like, he didn't like us watching crappy comedies on TV. Like, mm. my mom would watch Who's the Boss or something. This is the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Or Growing Pains or something. My dad would just look at it and go, oh, that's crap. This is a stupid show. And he would walk out. Like, that just is... His... <laughs> so you didn't watch Sesame Street or... No. <laughs> well, yeah. Puppets were okay. Puppets were okay. He, he didn't... He didn't... He, my dad didn't like uh, what he considered comedy crap, I guess. It's mm. just like, he was just... As high standards for comedy. That's awesome. That's yeah, that great. is. Yeah. Uh, he is. And he didn't care whether we watched it or not. He just, he's not shy about voicing his opinion yeah, on no it. No son of mine's watching Growing Pains. <laughs> <laughs> you turn that Ricky Schroeder off. That's right. Silver Spoons is not in my house. My house, my rules. Full house, not in my house, kids. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Crap, you know. But he, he loved, like my dad loves Richard Pryor, Mel Brooks, the early SNL. That's how we got exposed to all that stuff. Mm. And... And Airplane was definitely a favorite of his. He he absolutely loved that movie, and um, he loves Naked Gun. Yeah, he does. He loves the Naked Gun too. And and uh, when I finally watched it again, it's like I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Again, it's one of those things that you'd start geeking out on. Like, wow, this is how you should. Everybody should do comedy like this. I feel this. really fortunate that. Um, well, I kind of feel ashamed right now being a quasi comedy person and admitting this, but I didn't see Air- Airplane until about three years ago. But in many ways, I'm very grateful because at that point, I was an adult and I got it. Mm. You know, and I was able to immediately appreciate it and just, it was one of those, where have you been my whole life kind of thing. Like, I've, <laughs> I've heard of it um, and I've seen other Leslie Nielsen movies mm. and I knew about it, but it was just one of those things that, you know, for whatever reason, I never really watched. Um, my parents both have a great sense of humor and they're very funny people. But they, growing up, I wasn't really exposed to much comedy. I mean, I sort of found SNL on my own in high school. And um, I just, we never, you know, I wasn't, I guess, as lucky in some ways. You know, your dad does have a great sense of humor. And um, so anyway, I'm just very grateful that I found this movie as an adult when I could really just appreciate it and take it for what it's worth. And that's our mission in life, is to expose everybody to Airplane, you know, because it's, it is a crime if you haven't seen it. Yeah, if you have not seen Airplane, uh, highly, highly recommend. Yeah. yeah. Airplane yeah, with an exclamation mark. Uh, right. Yeah, yes. Yeah, if there's any that's others right. that doesn't have a punctuation mark, you don't want to watch that movie. Avoid it on Redbox, right. people. Yeah. For all of you guys out there, because I know we live in 2016 now, and everything's digital, and Blockbuster is something that people don't even know about now. You can always go to your local library and request DVDs, <laughs> seriously, old ones, um, at no cost. So go to your library immediately and put a request in for Airplane mm. and watch it. Or go to the uh, go to Mr. Wheeler's house. Yeah. <laughs> He'll have it, but it'll only be good. Only the good ones will be there. Yeah, only oh, the good comedies. Only the best. We only we the yeah. Wheelers will settle for no less than <laughs> terrific five star comedy people. Um, one of the one of the aspects of this movie that I think was spot on was the score. It's mm. just like the acting. It's deadpan. It sounds it's legit. Like, it is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, it even opens up spoofing Jaws. Right. You know, yeah. The top of the airplane. <laughs> it plays that 
the Jaws score. But I have I have the theme song in my head, like da da. Yeah, yeah. it's like the horn section, like yeah. really high energy, high high uh, tension. Elmore Bernstein. It was Elmore. Bernstein. Elmore Bernstein. Yeah, yeah. Elmore Bernstein. He's he, legit. Yeah. He he did the score also for Animal House in the same way, which is it's a straight score, and I think that's great. It's a great juxtaposition for comedy. It's not content, it's not trendy, you know. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it, it is a classic score that like over. Dramatizes the situation. It's not anachronistic. Yeah, it's yeah, it's perfect for the thing it's prepared. Speaking of the score, um, one of my favorite parts, just because I'm a theater geek, is the scene where he has the flashback when he's in the dive bar, um, and uh, the two Girl Scouts are fighting. (laughs) Yes, that's a classic example. They're actually playing the fight song from West Side Story. The Jets and Sharks theme song when they're fighting. It's Mm. just the score, so there's no lyrics at that point. But that's what that's from. And hmm. um, we were watching it last night just as a refresher, and I just couldn't stop laughing. I was like, this is West End Story. And it was just, I don't know, I just thought it was hilarious. You know what's interesting about that is Elmer Bernstein is Leonard Bernstein's brother, I so think. That oh, that's, that's a that nice little homage. Sense. I didn't realize that until you pointed that yeah. out now. But like, There was even like a yeah. moment where they were sort of kind of doing it like a standoff. Yeah. Know? And it was very West Side like Story. Very exactly. West Side Story. Yeah. The other example of the score that I love which is very similar is when Robert Stack's going through the the airport and all those religious groups are coming up to him. Oh, and he's, and he's like fighting him off. Yeah, and it sounds like a classic fight score. Do, 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 do. He's like nailing them. I think that's an amazing use of that score. And in that in that scene, Robert Stack does his own stunts too. He like flips wow. over like a guy. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he definitely did his own he stunt. He came he came to play. You know, wow. Robert Stack is a badass piece. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Yeah, like it just goes to show, like every part of they fit as many jokes on the pos- as possible in this movie. Yeah, visual, audio, uh, dialogue, everything. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so when they uh, they stick all the uh, microphones in the air traffic guy's face, you know, one of the uh, one of the microphones is an ice cream cone that's melting. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just an ice cream cone, it's a melting ice cream cone. Like, and it's just, you have to watch it almost like a few times to get all the jokes in there. That's what I was at, saying. Like the yeah, West Side Story joke. And you miss. And yeah. I've seen the movie so many times, did not get that reference. You know, <laughs> there's just something new. So if, even if you haven't seen it in a while, highly recommend it. And, and just that, just the thought about it alone, because he was doing a narrative talking about. <laughs> Something or other. It's not uncommon. A fight breaks loose in here every night. And then all of a sudden, you just see two hands, like, punching. You immediately think it's drunk guys. And then yeah. you look up, and it's these little girls. <laughs> these girls out in uniforms throwing chairs at each other. It's just so ludicrous. They were pretty husky for Girl Scouts. Okay, they were. Yeah, but they were. that makes it even funnier, though. Yeah. And the best part about that is the score is is as if it was like uh, the the OK Corral or something like that. And that's mm. what I love about it. Mm. it. They just have the fight, and the score mm. really like punctuates it. I don't know if you it. noticed, but after um, they do the Saturday Night Live uh, dance number, if you look in the background, what, the Girl Scouts are still fighting. You can see yeah. that it's dark, and yeah. they're still like, they're still going. They're still at going it. at it. <laughs> they are tenacious. I'll, I'll be I'll be honest. When speaking of the Saturday Night Fever parody. I associate staying alive with Airplane far more now than I do with Saturday Night Fever because I love that scene so much. And it is such a ter- perfect parody of disco. Because I think even now people make fun of disco, even if you didn't grow up in the 70s, because disco is so prevalent it's in so, so many references. So yeah. And 
Robert Hayes, I think that's one of his best scenes in the movie because the lead in the film uh-huh. as Ted Stryker yeah. is that scene. I think his best moments happen well, in his flashbacks. I love when he takes, when he takes his... Um, coat off and you're like oh wow he's in like the John Travolta outfit and then he throws the coat and then all of a sudden it comes flying back at him. <laughs> it's just so yeah. silly so overall what would you guys say is your favorite part of the movie wow that's the, I was thinking about that so earlier today ones. and I have a lot of favorites uh, I think the Saturday Night Fever portion is actually one of my favorite sequences mm-hmm. in the movie because I think it just so brilliantly parodies that film um but I think a lot of airplane for me comes in clusters of like lines of dialogue yes. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A throwaway uh, scene that I love, it's one of the sight gags we're referencing, is when Peter Graves is reading, uh, <laughs> I think he's reading a copy of uh, Modern Sperm. Modern Sperm. <laughs> yes, and yeah. it's called The Wacking Oxygen. The Wacking yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But he's not reading it with a perverted smile on his face. He's just reading it as if it's Time or Newsweek, and they cut away to it. Yeah, it's like, I really like that article in Modern Sperm magazine. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> well, have a lot of, yeah. There's a lot of ironic humor and pun humor, and mm-hmm. uh, the one is the, the boy reading, uh, the nun reading boy's life, and the, <laughs> the boy reading nun's <laughs> life. Is that your favorite part? No, that's so, not my favorite part, but uh, I think my favorite... Part is when he's teaching the tribe basketball, and he's just <laughs> he's just like, and then all of a sudden they start. It's like I think they're really getting the hang of it, and they're like dunking and then like making on their just, just not enough uh, space in the hoop for all the balls to go through. So um, I love that that scene. And it's I like, oh, that. I think they're getting the hang of it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll teach him baseball after this. And uh, I also love uh, the. The jive scene when they're talking about the June Cleaver. Probably, yeah. Definitely, yeah. probably my favorite. <laughs> Barbara Billingsley bats yeah, that out it. of the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see a few just people doing it. The whole concept of teasing the whole jive scene, you know, I think was just so brilliant and clever um, and just funny. Yeah. Yeah. Just the oh, whole, like, just to have that idea. And how they have, like, the subtitles as to what they're saying. <laughs> like, the guy uh, says shit, and then it says golly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have a strong moral honor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. Silly. One of the, the names they changed to Arthur. Yeah, <laughs> Arthur. Arthur. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So just funny. to think of that. And then to think of the autopilot, you know, as, oh. like, this blow up guy. Like, just the, I don't know. It's very, so creative. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, probably one of my top favorite scenes is with the little girl and the coffee and I just think it's so brilliant because you have this very proper and polite little boy who's like oh I'm bringing up coffee would you like a cup he's like eight years old yeah he's eight years old and he's dressed in a suit and she's like eight years old and dressed in like this fancy dress reading and she's like yes I would have a seat thank you and they have like this very short but polite (laughs) conversation and he's just like would you like some coffee or would you like some sugar and cream and she's like oh no I take it uh I take it like I take my men black <laughs> and just like takes a sip just very like casually and he's got this look on his face the like, look that kid had sells the whole <gasps> yeah. thing he's like it's just like he has like uh the kid nailed that it's just like it's so, so funny because i that whole phrasing of i like my coffee like i like my or i take my coffee like it's been so long standing with me even before i ever got into improv and mm. before i saw this movie you know three years ago um so you knew of that? So no, I didn't know of that oh. at all, and that was, I think, what really makes it relevant to me personally is just because I had no idea that that was even in there. But for the longest time, I would always make jokes. You know, I like my coffee. I like my men. You know, tall, dark, and handsome. Just make like funny things about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I saw that, it was like, 
that line was made for me. And that little girl was so sweet and proper. It's like, I always love that juxtaposition of, of elegant women saying or doing, you know, off-putting or, crass. or very crass yeah. things. That just, Going against character. Ju- yeah, and the, that's the same reason why I love the jive lady, just because it just seems out But it wasn't even out of character, though. That's the thing. Yeah, it was, it was, it was so. contrasting, but it wasn't like they had her say, like, I'm going to take a shit right now. Exactly. Like, it wasn't totally yeah. out of bounds. She I think it's just, it's yeah. that, I, I don't know, that there's a, sort of like that shock factor, because that's yeah. something I really like doing in my comedy, um, because I know that I have a certain look about me and a certain kind of personality, and I love just being able to take the audience for that ride and, like, kind of shocking them and making them say, oh, my God, did she just say that? To me, that's, that's always just been very funny. Um, and maybe that's because I'm a woman. I, I think women kind of have a different way with that than men, you know. But I agree with you. I, I think like she was used very intelligently here with yeah. that scene and, and, and very skillfully mm-hmm. where I love Betty White. I, I think she's a great comic actress, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people get lazy with how they write for her because she's in her 90s. Like, let's just have her say shit or fuck. And Not all the time. Right. Some of it is really good, but right. some it's of a it crush. is... Yeah. yeah. It's just... And I think I think she's too skilled to just waste on that. Mm-hmm. Like Barbara Billingsley is similar in the sense yeah. that she came in, and they wrote that beautifully for her because she comes in like a grandmother. She's still a grandmother. I'm you like, know? Pardon me, stewardess. I yeah. speak jive. Yeah, she's so like, sweet and polite. But it's like you wouldn't expect her of everybody on that on that yeah. airplane to speak jive. Um, well, and then the best part about the the girls saying that, uh, not to belabor the point, is. Yeah. You don't know if she was just saying to get the kid out of there or yeah. if she actually meant it. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And then she just very, you know, gingerly takes a sip out of her tea as if yeah, what like, she said has absolutely no... Like, oh, no, no, no. I I like my men like I like my coffee. Yeah. I think she says, I like my coffee. She says, I take it like I take I, my I like, like my men. And then I take it black. Like, black. I, like, I, I like it black like it's, my men. Like I like it black beat. Like, like my, my man, man. Oh, and that's when he goes like, and then cue the guy, cue the kid going, oh. <laughs> she does take the sip, and then yeah. she, yeah. yeah, and she just has this look on her face like, yeah. oh, I, I've said absolutely nothing out of the ordinary, you know, and no, I, I have a confession to you guys. <laughs> I want to make right now. I have a okay. confession. Uh, you like you guys coffee? did not. Well, <laughs> I have not seen Airplane Two. I haven't either. I've have not seen Airplane Two. I have seen Airplane Two, the sequel. The sequel. <laughs> and uh Does it have I, two exclamation marks in the title? Yeah, it's um <laughs> it, <laughs> it has it has three. <laughs> um it's not bad. I I, I never thought uh-huh. Airplane Two was terrible. Like they've disowned it, like disaster. They've disowned it? it? Wow. I think because they weren't they didn't have anything to do with it. Although they're not shy about making sequels to all their other movies. For some reason right. they weren't involved with Airplane Two. But they did several did Naked Gun sequels when and did... Hot Shot sequels. Well, that's because they had the same, you know, dynamic. You had Leslie Nielsen coming back for all those sequels. And... But Airplane 2, when did that come out? It came out, like, maybe, like, like two years after the okay. original, like, 82, 83, I'm thinking. And yeah. I think Robert Hayes and Julie Haggerty were back, like, the two leads from Airplane. But I think they had William Shatner instead of Wood Bridges. And mm, that's no, William Shatner had the uh, Robert Stack role in Airplane oh, too, oh, you yeah. know, which he was good at. I mean, yeah. Shatner is that's also yeah. a guy. It's very acceptable. Yeah. yeah, it's you know he Adam West would be the other guy. <laughs> he didn't do a whole lot of comedy before by that time either. No, Shatner. <laughs> Shatner. I think the eighties was like the first decade where Shatner was starting to parody himself. Adam West did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Adam West was always kind of a parody because of Batman, but Adam West yeah. and William Shatner. I think in the 80s, it became very prevalent where they started winking at the audience with a lot of stuff. 
not only was it airplane too, but I also think when he did that sketch on SNL where he said, get a life to all the Star right. Trek nerds, yeah. that was a turning um, point. I think one of the best uses of um, Adam West was as the mayor on Family Guy. Mm. Yeah. It just says something so completely off the wall. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And that, Family yeah. Guy, you can trace that comedy, yes. mm-hmm. that whole show, back to Airplane. Yeah. The throwaway <laughs> gags. Yeah. The surreal comedy. Yes. The the guest stars who, you know, you can trace, like, with, I would venture to say you would not have Family Guy if you didn't have Airplane. Yeah. That's very true. Oh, I mean, it started, jump-started that style of comedy completely, like, you know, I don't think anybody like Mel Brooks was the other probably source of that. Right. Mel Brooks was like one of the first yeah. with Blazing Saddles and Young mm-hmm. Frankenstein to start doing it, but they took it to like a a different level of instead of mm-hmm. casting comedic actors, they cast dramatic actors, guys that were known primarily for doing like television tough guy drama, like the guys we mentioned. Mm. And I have a challenge because I was wondering this myself: who mm. is your favorite of those four? Leslie Nielsen. Lloyd Bridges, Robert Stack, or Peter Graves in this movie because that's down, very hard. Hands down, Nielsen. Hands down. He, hands wow. Down. That man, he's like the he's like the equivalent of Will Ferrell to me. He could literally walk in this room and not say a word to me, and I would smile or laugh. He and just the more serious he is, yes. the funnier he is. And the more he, the more serious he is, the fun. Exactly. He could normally walk in here and say hi, Tony, and I would just laugh. You know, he just has that effect on me. Mm. Um, and I love him, absolutely love him in the Naked Gun series. He, and, yeah. and then when he did Dracula, did and Loving It. <laughs> I, I mean, I there's just something about him that I but like. But even then, he hammed it up a little bit more in those movies. This is his really absolutely. serious yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but oh, he's easily. still, to me, funny. I mean, you yeah. know, just don't call me Shirley. Like, he's just so serious. <laughs> 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 yeah, so deadpan. And he pulls yeah, it off so well. he's so good. I haven't seen anything like this since the Anita Bryan concert. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then, and then Poverty says something about where they have a dinner. Glad I ordered the lasagna. Yeah. Where that choice between fish and steak. <laughs> yeah, where did oh, that come great. from? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, great, I have a lasagna. He has that, that brilliant way of like of, of of using his inner thought outward. You know, it's like what, like what do that, you mean? Like that lasagna line. I feel like in many ways that was almost an inner thought. Oh. Mm-hmm. But he but he vocalizes Vocalized things. It. And he does the same in the Naked Gun series. You kind of see that yeah. a lot. And to me, that that's what's really funny, um, and how serious he is about it. Yeah, it's kind of like what's interesting when you watch Airplane is Leslie Nielsen is playing it straight because he was mm-hmm. a serious actor. He was used the same way the other three guys were used, but mm-hmm. there was something else that they noticed in him that he could probably do more like varied comedy, yeah. you know, different comedy beats like physical comedy, and, and can ham it up. And I think the Naked Gun, the first one especially, mm-hmm. is the one where that that's probably his mm-hmm. prime performance yeah. as a comedic actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's brilliant. It's like I was a tour de force of mm-hmm. of comedy. And then you know the scene when he was sitting there with the uh, stethoscope, he was laying in the um, airplane chair, and they're looking for a doctor, and she's just like, Miss. I believe this man's a doctor, and he's like sleeping, and he's just got the stethoscope in. It's just so silly. I mean, yeah. he would really be sitting there on yeah, with a stethoscope. Well, well, he's a doctor. He's never here. Well, he's a doctor. Like, <laughs> Tony is a doctor. I guess so. I mean, if he wasn't a doctor, sure, that'd be weird. But he's a doctor. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah it just, just operates on that. Subtleties of how yeah. funny. Um, yeah. Now, I, I like Robert Stack in it too. Not to take anything away yeah. from Leslie Nielsen. Um, <laughs> Just, uh, he was also really good at that, yeah. and just, uh, I don't know, he 
just uh, the minute things he went about it. And, of course, the jokes he had, like, he had the... My favorite is the uh, the two sunglasses trick. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so it's, just, it's so simple and so funny. Uh, and, yeah, <laughs> and all of them, all of them are very, very good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, Robert Stack, I think, is... I love them all. That mm-hmm. was very tough for me because I think they're all fantastic in this movie. But if I had to pick a preference, it has nothing to do with quality. It's just a preference. Sure. Sure. I think it's Robert Stack, like you. I think there's just something about listening to Robert Stack deliver lines like, Striker, listen, and listen carefully. <laughs> Flying a plane is no different than riding a bicycle. Just a little harder to put the baseball cards in the spokes. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. How, how good is Robert Stack's voice, though? I mean, it's... Oh, oh. it's... Yeah. It's like, it's like a French souffle. <laughs> we, funny story about Robert Stack. Last night, wait a minute, Friday night was last night, yes. Mm-hmm. Last night, Scott and I randomly, because of the airplane when we watched it, we started, I said, let's go on YouTube and see if they have any like Unsolved Mysteries episodes. Because yeah. I used to love that show. They had a few. But there was this man on there, an, an impressionist, that did a spot on Robert Stack impression he did the inflections and everything like if you know about this coin's whereabouts call the number below and yeah. he, just, he just is like very good it's oh just, man not everyone can do it did robert <laughs> stack know. you need the, the yeah. baritone yeah. yeah you do yeah. but he had that timing of in the phrasing just right and yeah you never realize until someone does an impression of someone else, how great that original person really is sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, really- he actually did an impression of himself in this movie because they had him watch an impressionist doing Robert Stack okay. to get him oh, ready really? for this movie. So yeah. he was doing an impression of the impressionist. Yeah. Because gotcha. yeah. he was trying to find those right comic beats. One of my favorite side stories from this movie, too, is Lloyd Bridges really didn't understand the comedy at first in the movie because they probably weren't seeing all the sight gags behind That's them as true. they were delivering the dialogue. Sure. And he was just kind of confused as to how to deliver it. And he goes, what's the joke? I don't get the joke here. And Robert Stack goes to Lloyd Bridges and goes, God damn it, Lloyd, we are the joke. (laughs) 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 How about about you, Scott? Well, you you know, just I think think they all do an awesome job. I don't think there's any of them are bad. Uh, But I'm going to go with Peter Graves only because he has the sickest lines. I mean, when that boy goes in the cockpit mm. and then... Oh my and, goodness, yes. <laughs> and he starts drooling at the point. Yeah. Well, when he gets sick, it's great because yeah. uh, uh, the doctor is like, it's uncontrollable, flat to it. Yeah. So he starts farting. But Peter Graves had a fart in a movie. <laughs> yeah. like, that was a great drool gag, though. I mean, he, he drooled nailed like, yeah. that yeah. drool yeah. Nailed, it. nailed it. First when, take. But when the, the boy goes in the cockpit and he's just asking him all those random... Do you like gladiator movies? <laughs> you ever seen a grown man naked? Oh my god, that one. That's you ever so hang cool. out in gymnasiums? <laughs> Another throwaway gag with him is when Leslie Nielsen starts discussing, you know, going into intricate detail about, like, uh, the illness. Well, that's what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but Robert, before all that stuff happens... And they're talking about people who had to fish or they had chicken. Yeah. And he looks at his plate and it's a fish bone. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yes. yes. It's because a cartoon that's great. fish bone. Because yeah. they had to right, think, like, right. how to articulate it. Yeah. Exactly. You know, how do you, you, he could either vocalize it out loud, mm-hmm. like Lexi Nielsen, but he didn't. He just looked over and. Yeah. <laughs> it's a oh. fish bone. Oh, all it's very, very, very. Well, that's one of the great lines in the movie is when Leslie, Leslie Nielsen's character says, we need to find someone on this plane that can fly an airplane and then have fish for dinner. That is, is that is literally uh, a zero hour quote. Yeah, I know. no, no, it is. It's yeah. line. It's uh, it was a line of dialogue, word for word, from Zero Hour from 1957, <laughs> which makes it so great. It's so good. Yeah, it's a so 
Because it's like we need we need to wrap it up and like for someone who doesn't understand what's going on, we need to restate this. Someone that can fly a plane and didn't have to. In case you fell asleep for the last twenty minutes, here's we're gonna catch you up right now. We have to mention Peter Graves' co-pilot too, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, you mean Roger Murdoch? Yeah, Yeah. Roger Murdoch. Roger Roger Murdoch. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> the yeah, best no, use of an athlete yeah. in the history of cinema. Oh, it's so good. What's your vector, Victor? <laughs> Roger, after we were friends, friends. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, and my favorite is when they drag him out of the cockpit and he's wearing his basketball <laughs> uniform. Yes! Oh, it's so funny. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, the great line is oh, like, uh, I'm Roger Murdoch, kid. And then at the end he goes, like, you try uh, uh, dragging your, your And my dad says he doesn't. You don't hustle. <laughs> you, just... you don't play defense. <laughs> and you just take time off until the playoffs. And it's yeah. It was a, he drags Walton and Lanier yeah, across the yeah. Car, yeah. which are references that go over people's heads. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Bill Lanier and Bill Walton. Oh, my God. I, yeah. have, I have a side story with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, when I was a kid, and I started, my parents would start buying me all these sports magazines and stuff like that to get me in, into basketball and stuff. Did you ever play sports? I played a few sports, actually. Really? I played soccer, and I actually played basketball at like junior high levels. Okay. I never... You know, played he was 18, school. but he was playing junior high. Right, I was. I was. <laughs> At 24, I decided that I was going to high school basketball. Have you ever seen him turn a man naked? Yes, I, yeah. Yes, yes, I have. But getting back to I'm the not, story. Yeah, but getting back to the story. Uh, so anyway, like I was, uh, they would buy me all these sports magazines, and I start reading like, I was pronouncing his name as Karim Abeljabber. How do you pronounce it? How do you say it again? Karim Abeljabber is how I thought you pronounced his name. So I would. So nobody had told me who he was. I had no point of reference or frame of reference to it. That sounds like so, a Harry Potter spell. It does. <laughs> it does. That's so spell. I was, yeah, that's what I'm saying. A Harry Potter spell. I was very, I was very white and very dumb. So that's kind of how this started. So I go in. Now and you're just very white. I'm, I'm telling my parents, like, uh, uh, I'm going up to my parents, and I'm like, "Hey, I really like this Karim Applejabber," and they're like, "Who?" I'm like Karen Abeljabber, like who are you oh. talking about? And they like, start when they realized who it was. Oh, they died no. for 20 minutes. Oh, they laughed hysterically, no. and I was embarrassed. But I laughed too because I'm like, oh, obviously did not know this guy's name, and oh. you know, was pronouncing it this one way. If it, if it makes you feel any better, I went in high school and I was I said I I love your jacket. It's so chick. <laughs> oh my god! So if it makes you feel oh, any better, I, I had the same. Kind of experience. So, <laughs> so, so yeah. Trey's chick. Oh, it was Tress chick. Tress yeah. chick. <laughs> so I apologize to anybody who might have been offended that's by my so pronunciation. It's five years old or six years well, old. Well, that's one for the archives. Yeah, yeah. that is. <laughs> oh, archives. God. The archives. <laughs> the Apple Jabber archives. Did you know uh, this film, the title was not used in other countries? They, oh. Okay, so the title of this film in Germany was The Incredible Trip in the Crazy Airplane. That's the title of the movie. In German, that would be like 49 <laughs> letters long. It'd be like, Der Schweckendorf, pick it up. Exclamation mark. No, it gets better. In Norway, the, the translation for the title was Help, We're Flying. <laughs> <laughs> and help like the Beatles help. Help, exclamation point. Help, was it we're flying also an exclamation point? In Italian, the title of the movie is The Craziest Plane in the World. That sounds about right. It's a pretty crazy plane, you guys. 
And in Latin American countries, the title of the movie is, And Where is the Pilot? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the new name of the all movie. The, all the questions raised in the title will be answered in this movie. <laughs> That's right. The Polish title of the movie is, Is the Pilot Flying With Us? <laughs> There's like a lot of questions about... About the whereabouts of the pilot. <laughs> wow, man. <laughs> the French title was, Is There a Pilot on the Plane? Question mark. <laughs> Why, like, airplane wasn't gonna, like, they don't, maybe they like questions over there? Like, what, why did they yeah, make it unnecessarily complicated? I think everyone has an airplane in different cultures. It's just I not think the best a... is if it would be airplane, question mark. Airplane? <laughs> <laughs> my, airplane? My favorite. In parentheses, uh, where is the captain? <laughs> where is the captain? Exclamation point. <laughs> My favorite uh, example of, of of that, like with, with a new title and a and a and a from a foreign translation, was remember the Jack Nicholson movie as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Its title in China was Mister Cat Poop. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, I, I kid you not. Wow, Mister Cat Poop. I have no clue where that came from. <laughs> Whatever and people want to say, be like, "Honey, we really need to see Mr. Cat Poop tonight." <laughs> no. Mr. Cat Poop just was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, right. I'll be honest; I would go see Mr. Cat Poop. I, I think that'd be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I believe there's videos like that on I the know. internet. I probably could find it. <laughs> probably just, just, just don't Google Stack. that on a work computer. No, not with at Robert all. Stack too. You said, <laughs> yeah, Robert Stack's probably in a couple of those. Oh, I'm sure Robert Stack has has come across it. I, I think my favorite is the Czech title, which is "Fasten Your Seatbelts, Please." <laughs> They're so polite over in the yeah. Czech Republic and, uh, or Czechoslovakia. The Australian title is "Flying High," which which that's not that's not bad. That's not too overly really complicated. But why need? Why did you have to reinvent it at all? And I'll, yeah, now I'm, I can understand like like France or China or another country, but Australia <laughs> flying what? high. What, it was like we're offended Why? by the name airplane. Look, is it was it too ambiguous? Look, Mike, yeah. look, Mike, airplane's just not gonna sell over here. We need <laughs> two words. We need to intrigue our audience. A question would do. We need a subliminal drug reference in the title. For revenge, we should change the title of Crocodile Dundee just to get like you know. <laughs> who knows? Maybe it's a different title in Australia. It's called. It would just be called. You call that a knife? Yeah. <laughs> what is this man doing in New York for that? <laughs> and the land, the last one is from Spain. Is land as you can? Land as you can? <laughs> yes. That's the translation. None of these. I don't know if it's they were worried that the spoof or satirical part, uh, the parody, yeah. would not be conveyed. If it is called an airplane, it would <laughs> be a selling point. Land as you can Land sounds like a bad can. 70s game show. Land, Land as you can. <laughs> and here's your host, Flink Wimplebrick. <laughs> we have 40 first-time pilots. <laughs> Join the Mile High Club. Yeah, right. With your celebrity guest. <laughs> Fran Tarkenton. <laughs> and Robert Stack. And Robert Stack. <laughs> As the commish. How do you guys feel about the two leads in the movie? Because they kind of get overlooked sometimes. And They do, because they didn't really have a, a, yeah. a long, illustrious movie career. No. Um, um, they did what they had to do. I thought they were both good. Yeah, I think she in particular is really good. At, Julie kinda, Haggerty? Kinda the meek. Yeah, yeah, she was in a movie with um, Albert Brooks called Lost in America, which is a hmm. really funny, really good movie. She played his wife in the film, and I think she was the wife in What About Bob, but that's about all I can remember her in mm. instead of Airplane. I think Airplane was her first big role, right? Yeah. Now, uh, as for uh, um, 
I'm sorry, the uh, the, the, the guy. That it tells you character. everything we yeah. need to know. Yeah. Yeah. He was in one other movie, and I forget what it was. Which was um, kind of shocking, because I, I felt he was pretty good looking. Well, he was also good. Like, he was really yeah, funny exactly. in, in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so was she. Um, and I think they kind of work because they weren't well-known actors. Wait, he didn't play the brother on Wings? <laughs> <laughs> I know he has a Steven Weber vibe, doesn't he? He reminds me of a guy that would be on Wings, you know, or a show like that. If he auditioned for Wings, that'd be the greatest piece of trivia ever. I forgot yeah. all about that show. I was listening to some of the backstory in a movie and how they came up with it. Like one of the things I think they used to, uh, the filmmakers had started a theater called the Kentucky Fried Theater. In Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. And what they would do late at night is just watch all these commercials on late night television and do parodies of that stuff. That's mm-hmm. how they started generating sketch ideas right. for the show. And they accidentally typed zero hour when they were uh, doing all that stuff. Mm. But um, when they were making the film at Paramount, it was run by, we're bringing back uh, a guy from a previous episode, Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg were in charge of, of oh. Paramount at the time. And they loved the movie, but... They had a test screening for the film. I think it was a much longer cut than what eventually Was it in up. Spain or was it... <laughs> no, it was actually actually in uh, L.A. It was actually... They took people that were going to see Happy Days, live, live tapings of Happy Days in Laverne and Shirley from the Paramount lot all the way over to watch Airplane, and nobody laughed at all. Wow. I was a surprise because, like, yeah, I mean, Happy Days and Airplane aren't really going for the same type of yeah. humor, you know? Like, Happy right. Days is a little more spelled out, and, and Airplane is, huh. you know... So, did they do anything when they were like, no one laughed, and we got to totally redo the movie? They did get worried. Like, like the, the the executives all loved the film. Some of them, you know, some executives are just not... They're tone deaf to that stuff. But, hmm. you know, I think Eisner and Katzenberg, to their credit, really thought the movie had was hysterical. And they just needed to edit it down. So, I think they got it down to that tight 80-minute mark. Mm. And then, I guess, the next test screenings went extraordinarily well. Like, people loved it. Yeah, I can see how it would be really easy for a movie like Airplane. You just pack it so full of jokes and you get so carried away that it can easily get out of hand. Absolutely. You know? Because if if you're hidden with jokes and they're not hidden and there's space between jokes, you know, you're you're running into real problems. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a... It kind of makes me think of Idiot Box. The uh, yeah, the our, uh, of how we do it is being so quick. We're moving on to that next joke real quick. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, the improv uh, slash sketch show yes. that we do. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, parody of uh, television shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a plug for us, gang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. Absolutely. Um, and uh, have you guys seen? Uh, speaking of Kentucky Fried Theater, have you seen their their uh, Zaz's first movie, Kentucky Fried Movie? I uh, yeah I have not seen it. My dad I think watched it once, and John Landis directed it. Who else? John Landis directed yeah. Animal House and Ghostbusters. Uh, man, think about it. that's like a comedy mega team there of those guys. But I haven't seen the film. It, um, it's uh, it's not as funny as Airplane, but it's uh, it's all spoofs of just different TV shows until the end when it's a forty five minute long uh, spoof of a Bruce Lee movie. Wow. It's called Enter the Fist. <laughs> and, and it just, you have all these like kind of like TV show real quick like skits. And then there's just this one skit that just keeps going. And then it goes on for like half the movie. So. Yeah, I have to check that out eventually because I've always wanted to see it because of all the people involved. Mm. Like I know that they were kind of disappointed with the way it turned out to a degree. And that's why they decided to direct Airplane. Oh. Because they wanted to have full creative control mm. over how... Mm. things were set up I think they they clearly had such sharp comic instincts so does Landis to this credit too he's great yeah. too but I think they had such sharp a sharp 
vision for how they wanted this comedy to play out that I think it was a great decision to have them direct mm-hmm. it, you know, mm. especially since they had, I don't think they had ever directed a film before. And have three directors, too. I wonder yeah. how that worked out, you know? like Well, two are that, brothers. Like two <laughs> in the kitchen, kind of. But even, yeah, even yeah. if you're brothers on the same page, to have three different directors yeah. Yeah, for that's a movie. Tough. That can be frustrating, on an actor's <clears throat> perspective, certainly. Yeah. I guess they had a big fight with the Directors Guild because crediting three directors mm-hmm. on a movie was a big no-no. Really? Yeah. yeah. Why? So, why? Why does that matter? Because you're only supposed to have one director. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, I guess. They set a lot of, maybe, your your pay is set by the director's guild or whatever. Because mm-hmm. um, the a movie studios will hire like 20 directors mm-hmm. or something? I don't know. And I read that the only, I guess the only issue they had with Michael Eisner was originally they wanted to have a small plane and they wanted the movie to be in black and white. So it's really going to be... Oh, like Zero Hour. Yeah, but Michael Eisner said it has to be in color and it has to be a big... That plane. explains it, because whenever you see the plane yeah. in the airplane, it's, it sounds like a propeller plane. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that's probably like the compromise. They're like, hey, look, dude, it has to be a jet. Yeah. <laughs> but you can still put the propeller noise over it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And Eisner's like... Look, guys, no one's going to go see a spoof, exact, shot-for-shot remake of Zero Hour, which no one went to see in 1957. Right. I think the black and white would probably, the size of the plane, I don't think mattered to me as much. I think having a bigger plane, you get more characters, and you have more to play with. Uh, smaller plane, you wouldn't have as much. Um, but black and white would be interesting if this movie was in black and white. I think yeah. that would work really well. That would, yeah. I mean, and, and actually... There's so many 80 top contemporary references in the film, um, but... Like Scientology. Right, yeah, Scientology. <laughs> it might be the first reference to Scientology. It has to be, because I don't think it was a <laughs> Oh, I, I forgot that. about that. I forgot yeah. about Scientology. Yeah. Scientology is just... You hear a guy say it before he gets uh, wow. beat up by Robert Stack's character. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite uh, references in that movie, and it's it's a great segue into talking about the dialogue, which I think is the primary star of this film is the line, you know, the dialogue. Yeah. Um, is, uh, and this is a 1980. So this is a year before I think he was elected president. Oh, but, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. She, um, yes. Uh, this lady, and she's a perfectly cast for this line where she goes, uh, I haven't felt this terrible since we watched that Ronald Reagan movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> Year later, it was, a, it was an easy joke. It like was. they could have, they could have banged that joke drum anytime they wanted. Like I haven't yeah. felt this bad since insert insert this. It's an ad lib. Burn insert <laughs> comedy burn. On tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can you can do that. Yeah, exactly. What's your favorite line of dialogue from this movie? There's so many to choose from, or at least a couple lines that really oh, stand yes. out for you as your favorites. You oh my gosh. You know, this movie, there there are so many brilliant lines, but one of the things, or I guess the thing that I, I find I'm laughing at more is some of the actions, like, a, along with the dialogue, just some of the goofy absurdities that happen. Like, one of the things I was just thinking about was when the captain was in the airport and he got the phone call, you know, remember he picks up the red phone, mm-hmm. and the voice overhead is like, no, the white phone. The one, yeah, <laughs> and then, and just, then he's like, me. said it again, and he's like, thank you. Yes. Yeah. You know, just the silly, goofy, kind of, like, um, unrealistic realities. The of surrealism. It. Exactly, yeah. the surrealism, yeah. Um, and, and, and just, like, in the very beginning, 
the, the couple is fighting over the intercom about the red and the red zone and the white zone, and then it turns into this <laughs> abortion. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it's so funny. That I love too. So yeah, funny. It's just so silly. Um, all these 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 things that are just surreal, and you feel like this is insane. Like this. If this really was happening at this airport and this airplane, oh my God, help us. People would look around like, what? what? Yeah. yeah. But everybody just acts as if it's normal. It's normal. Uh, my uh, my favorite line is, uh, you have Clarence, Clarence, Roger, yes. Roger. Because yeah. if you think about it, why do they need that third person in the cockpit? And the answer is, and I just thought of this, the only reason that third person was in the cockpit was only for that line. Yeah. Yes. You know, there's no other yeah. reason that guy should have been in that movie. No. And it was only set up for that one just magical great line. Victor. It is. And and then they they used as like uh, like you know they like Native Americans using every part of the buffalo like they, the names alone Roger Murdoch uh-huh. and then they had um, what was it uh, Clarence Over yes because you know yeah. so they Captain could, Over yeah. Captain Over they could use every part of the like yeah. even the names they could use and I thought that was great yeah. They were great in general names. Like Ted Stryker is a great name. Oh, that is Rex from Zero Trainer. Hour. Zero Hour, the, the person's name is Ted Stryker. Still a great name, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is. Yeah. That's interesting. I did not know that he was from Zero Hour, but yeah. it has that. Still a great name. It's slightly yeah. exaggerated Stryker, you know? Ted yeah. Stryker. Yeah. And he was like, supposed to be an um, ex Air Force man. So yeah. Monosyllabic first name, striker last name. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Action yeah. last name. Rex Kramer. Is that from Rex Zero Kramer? Hour? Rex uh, Kramer? I forget. Possibly it should be, yeah, but it has that same not, yeah. punctuation to it, you know. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Captain Over. That, oh, yeah. yeah, I love the line. I love that abortion uh, conversation that they have on the overheads <laughs> at in the yeah. beginning. That's one of my favorites too. And I also love, um, uh, obviously, I, I had mentioned the, the the bicycle like airplane line from from before, but. Mm. Uh, I I love that Anita Bryant line, even though it's a it's a dated reference now. Very few people have even yeah. I don't heard even know him. who Anita Bryant is. is. I my dad explained it to me. It's like, the same like you know I haven't uh, felt this bad since an Anita Bryant concert. Oh, okay. But it's yeah. still a funny line because even if you don't know, it's like this sounds funny to me. It I sounds know funny. Yeah, I know they're I know, I know they're insulting yeah. someone. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Uh, but I guess yeah. she was like a, a well known like kind of a cabaret singer. She sounds like 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 the seventies version of Kathy Lee Gifford in a way, except uh, a little more oh, extreme. Boy. Like she was like uh, she had a great voice, and I think she did a a lot of like Christian songs. I could be off base with this, but I noticed she became like incredibly anti-gay towards the end of the decade, and she mm. turned a lot of people off. This is before it was even a major issue nationwide. Mm. So there's like, some little the political undertones there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's where that between, comes from. Between her and Reagan. Yeah. I think yeah. too uh, another just hilarious part about this movie, you know, as Jeremy talked, talked about earlier, was just the blow-up dolls. Yeah. Um, you know that how it was autopilot, and it was a blow-up doll. <laughs> I mean. And they used it so much, like, yeah. when they disconnected the autopilot, yes. it wasn't just like, okay, it's like, well, we're going to have this thing float around and, like, yeah. be in the way. Like, they used every part of that and to then, its maximum but, extent. And then when they had the girl, um, well, doll come in, and they were in compromising yeah. positions. And then and, it was deflating, and then she yes. had to blow it up, and Leslie Nielsen walked <laughs> in on that. Yes. Just, just and smoking cigarettes. And smoking cigarettes oh, afterward, and then he has this big smile. Yeah. And it always cracks me it's up, so but whenever, whenever someone takes their hands off of the... Off of the the, the, what do you call it? The wheel, the, the yeah. wheel, yeah. or the whatever, stick. Yeah. the stick. Uh, the the plane immediately goes into a sky, uh, 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 like a nose. <laughs> yeah. Every time, yeah. whenever they just take their hands off of it. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's a really sensitive instrument. So, you know. <laughs> there are a couple of lines that are kind of like I, I 
just seeing it recently, I, I caught, mm. and maybe other people caught them, but uh, there's a line when they're on the beach doing From Here to the Eternity. Yeah, yeah. When, when they're, they're rolling through the, the water. Waves. At the end of it, he, he says, he pretty much skips his whole operation. You know, it's like, we're going to come in through the north to avoid the radars. <laughs> She's like, well, when will we be back? He said, I can't tell you. That's confidential. <laughs> 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 it's so funny. I just caught it. I was like, oh, my oh God. My that God. is beautiful. That oh is beautiful. Oh, my God. And, and there's another throwaway when they're, they're going to land in Chicago. And they're flying really low, and they see you see a radio antenna that says, "Oh, it's a disco." WJZ, where disco lives forever, and it gets knocked down. <laughs> they knock the antenna off. <laughs> I the one I I saw pretty recently too, and what I uh, one of in the ATC in the air traffic control, he's talking and like you know like no, we need this now. You don't understand, and then it zooms out, and he's clearly talking to someone who's like about yeah. ten feet away from him <laughs> on the phone. Like, all these little things. Like, that's why you get rewarded time after time after time. Yeah, it's a Oh, how about in the very beginning when the plane is getting... Well, one of the planes, not their plane, one of the planes is getting ready to take off, and the traffic controller is, you know, directing it this way. And comes <laughs> over and says, where's the luggage or yeah. whatever? And then he just Oh, it's over there. And then all of a sudden you see the plane just go crashing into the airport. And when you see the plane crash in the airport, there's this one woman who throws up her baby. <laughs> yeah. oh, I didn't catch that. <laughs> and she's like, ah! throws up her baby goes flying oh, I oh and it's so funny so there's all these different like layers oh I miss it one scene that is played beautifully uh, on that note and it also goes back to the score we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier is a scene mm-hmm. where we first meet Leslie Nielsen's character the doctor and he goes over to that woman and the music starts, doom It's like very like uh, suspenseful. Yeah. He's removing all those eggs from her mouth oh, like a yeah. magician. <laughs> and then that bird flies out. Yeah. It's it. yeah. beautifully, beautifully oh, orchestrated. So good. so good. Yeah, so it's definitely one of the best comedies, in my opinion, in movie history. And it's, oh, in yeah. terms of its influence and its uh, durability and its just quality. Yeah, it's definitely one of those comedies that you don't... Like, you can watch it a hundred times and still find something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Each time, still find something funny um, or something that you missed. Like, I didn't realize that part of it's me. Oh, it's really <laughs> funny. Yeah. You know, and, I, and that, that's what I think makes comedy so much fun and movies durable and enjoyable. And just when you always, when it's like, it's kind of like meeting an old friend that you hadn't seen mm-hmm. in a long time. You, you're learning mm-hmm. something new about them, but at the same time, they're familiar. And that's nice. One aspect of this movie, though, that I I, I don't like, I I don't I kind of I think it, it it's it's such a minor thing because it is is the Stephen Stucker character because I think he's so tonally away from the rest of the film because mm. everything else is very droll and deadpan, mm. but he seems to a little more smirky compared to what everyone else is doing. Did, well, he had lived all his lines, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what a shock! What a shock! I can see why he was there because you have all these. So, like, deadpan, yeah. really, 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 uh, like you were saying, boring, like, uh, really tight uh, characters. And then it would be funny to have someone who's just, like, completely not like that. Yeah. You know? Some people told me it's their, one of their favorite aspects of the movie is his performance. I think he was part of the, the troupe, uh, Kentucky Fried the Theater. Theater. Yeah, he was part of oh. that. Hmm. So that's probably why you got. But I can see, I can see how you know because as you and Tony were saying, mm-hmm. the fact that it was so deadpan and that was one of its main qualities, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a oh, we are watching a comedy. You know? Yeah, yeah. 
but I agree with you guys. Other than that, like I, I, this is such a big part of my DNA. Like, like I said earlier, like I think this is one of the tightest, sharpest uh, comedies ever made. For the type of comedy that I'm naturally drawn to, this is one of it. It's like up there mm-hmm. with Animal House and Spinal Tap as some of my favorite comedies, you know, of all time. I think it's incredibly funny. I mm-hmm. couldn't recommend it more. Yeah, it's. I think. I mean, Zucker's with uh, Airplane and The Naked Gun, I think those are two of the best comedies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And just the way they, um, you know, Mel Brooks did it really well, but his was obviously with comedic actors. And it was really over the top, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, it was really in your face. There was no question, you know. And this was just taking something and just parenting it as, as closely as they could, you know. You know, even down to having, like, a professional athlete in the movie and playing <laughs> off of that. Because I guess in Zero Hour, there was Crazy Legs. Crazy Legs. <laughs> People don't. But that's a 50s football reference. But it wasn't, they didn't yeah. cast the guy being like, it was like not like a wink. They were just like, we're going to have this guy in the movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 Why not? Why, Why not? not? Hey, yeah. he's around. And they did the same in Naked Gun with O.J. Simpson. Yeah. Which and turned out a different <laughs> route, you know. <laughs> Prima Dole is kind of held up as a human being much better. Yeah. Uh, well, that's but, up for debate, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or I don't know. What's well, his real name, Sean? Lou Alcindor. Well, it, he, his real name is Prima Dole. Yeah. Jabari, he just right. changed his name. His original name yeah. was Lou Alcindor. Yeah. Oh, I was trying to get Sean to do his interpretation of it. Oh, correct. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Karam Applejabber. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 oh, is that yeah. what we were talking about? Guys, Karam Applejabber we're talking about here as Roger Murdoch. I loved him. Yeah. I loved him. Yeah. He was so good. Roger Murdoch. <laughs> He's a credit to all the Apple, other Applejammers. Applejammer. Yeah. Well, uh, Airplane is actually available on Blu-ray, like most films nowadays. Like, I think it's the best format to watch a film if you're not seeing it in a live theater to get like the best possible experience. It came out like uh, two or three years ago. One of the great special features is a commentary by Zaz. They all they talk about the history of That's making nice. and the experience of making it. It's very funny, not surprisingly, hmm. and uh, I couldn't recommend it more. So I uh, wanted to thank our guest Jeremy for joining us today. You know, I think it's been great Absolutely. having you on, yeah. and and uh, I know that you're involved with various uh, improv projects in Columbus. So. Um, like the meetups that you hold every week. Tell the audience where they can find you. Oh, sure. Uh, We have uh, (laughs) meetups every Thursday at Gresso's in German Village. Uh, You can just uh, Google Improv Meetup Columbus to find more. Uh, We're every Thursday. It's free from 7 to 9, uh, whether you're a first-time improviser or you've done it for years and years. uh, Everyone's equally welcome, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and check out, wherever you are, just check out your local German Village and, you know, Support. It's a thriving community. Yeah. You know? And any town that you're in. It is? Yeah. A yeah. lot, lot of schnitzel going on. Columbus has a very nice German village. Uh, it's uh, As far as German villages go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it ranks in German villages. <laughs> but uh, It's up there. It's, it's up, up there. there. It's, uh, it's elite. It's top three. It's West Germany, you know. It's not, yeah. it's not like... There, you, well, there's no longer a wall in between. No, 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 that's good. There used to be a, the German village wall that was torn down. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's been great having you on the podcast. And, uh, nice. yeah, I think Airplane, like we said, I think we're all in agreement. It's something you should definitely check out if you haven't Absolutely. seen it or if you haven't seen it in a few years. Definitely go check it out. And uh, thanks a lot, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.
Excuse me. I happened to be passing. I thought you'd might like some coffee. Oh, that's very nice of you. Thank you. Well, won't you sit down? Thank you. Cream? No, thank you. I take it black. Like my man.